0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A couple people sent me this story, and it's kind of complicated, but it's extremely important. And once you stop and look at it, you realize how troubling this is. So from Reuters, their headline says justice best served by leaving intact a conflicted judge's ruling according to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now that right there, you go, I, well, what's, what, what are they getting at? What, what are they saying here? Well, it turns out that there was a judge, a federal judge, who heard a case where one of the parties was a company in which she held stock. She owned a stock of a company that appeared before her on a matter, and she ruled in their favor. And the rules for federal judges state quite explicitly that if the judge has a financial interest in the case, the judge must step back and let someone else handle that case. Because, if for no other reason than to avoid the appearance of impropriety. There's no question that's the right thing to do. And the Wall Street Journal a while back did a monstrous study. They sunk a, time, a, a ton of time and man hours into figuring out how many judges heard cases they had stakes in. And you might say, Steve, how do they figure that out? Well, judges have to file disclosure statements disclosing what they own stock-wise, among other things. So they actually went through and got all those disclosures and then dug through all the cases that were in front of these judges. And they found a surprising number of cases where judges heard matters that they had a financial stake in. And so the strange part here is that the judge ruled in favor of Walmart against the plaintiff. And now up on appeal, the court's saying, well, she shouldn't have done that, but we're not going to allow the appeal. Because they're saying, if we allow this appeal, it'll make the court look bad. And um, the court already looks bad. And now, the Court of Appeals looks bad. So, the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled recently that a federal trial judge in Louisiana made an unfortunate mistake. That's the quote, unfortunate mistake, when she failed to recuse herself in a 2015 civil rights case against Walmart. The judge owned stock in Walmart. So there's no doubt that she was required to step aside under the rules for judicial recusal. And the court even says that. They go, we recognize she did own stock. She should not have heard the case. She should have recused herself. But because the plaintiff did not know at the time that the judge had the conflict, the plaintiff couldn't have brought it up and the plaintiff didn't bring it up. The appeals court also said that the plaintiff in this case is not entitled to reassert claims dismissed by that conflicted trial judge, not because the judge's underlying decision was well-grounded. The Fifth Circuit held that the justice, referring to justice in general, is best served by calling out the since-retired trial judge and simply saying that she had done something wrong. But the judgment stands, even though the judgment was part of this unfortunate mistake. Public faith in the system, wrote the judges, would be more undermined by reviving the suit, especially because the plaintiff did not appeal the judgment. And then they say it's better than letting the outcome stand is, is the best way to handle this. Well, you might say, but Steve, they didn't file an appeal. They didn't know. That's, that's the thing, is that if you if you didn't know you had an appealable issue, you don't file an appeal. You don't just file appeals willy-nilly. And so if somebody had told them back then, did you know the judge owns Walmart stock? I bet they would have appealed, but they didn't know that. So that's at least a debatable conclusion. That is, this is the best result now. Uh, Based on conversations with three judicial ethics experts, uh, according to Allison Frankel, who wrote the story, Michael Frisch of Georgetown University Law Center highlighted the right of the plaintiff to uh, adjudication by an unbiased judge. The admonition to future judges is cold comfort to her. Faith in the judicial system weighs in favor of a litigant's right to a conflict's free adjudication. So this is absurd. They're actually saying we're not going to let this person have a new trial because that would make the courts look bad. Uh, Arthur Hellman of the University of Pittsburgh School of Law said the Fifth Circuit seems to have considered competing interests including the consequences to the judicial system of relitigating a case that was correctly dismissed. This is a case where everything points in the same direction. There's no reason to reopen the judgment. But that doesn't get into the fact that if there's no remedy for the judges breaking these rules, the rules become meaningless. The context of the Fifth Circuit Court ruling is important. Although plaintiffs counsel did not respond to requests from this author here. It appears that plaintiff learned of the Walmart ownership by the judge as a result of the Wall Street Journal's bombshell report on federal judges failing to step aside from cases in which they have a financial stake in a party. So, you know, the judge doesn't own the entire company of Walmart, but they own stock in Walmart. So they do have a financial interest in it. So the plaintiff in this case had been fired from Walmart, And they had accused her of counterfeiting. And I suspect that would be coupons, but I don't actually know the full details of that. But she wound up being thrown in jail for eight months, which she said was something she did not deserve. And she got word from the court clerk's office about the judge's investment in Walmart in October of 2021, which was years after the judge had dismissed her constitutional claims for being filed too late and for failure to state a claim. But only weeks after the journal's story broke, the Wall Street Journal ultimately found that more than 150 judges failed to follow the recusal rules in nearly 1,100 cases. Courts in more than 800 cases, according to the publication, notified litigants that they might be entitled to have their cases reopened. So the courts have actually contacted people and said, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to let you take another look at this. However, in this case, on appeal, the court has said, no, we don't want to do that. Make us look bad. So plaintiff was among the group who apparently got told that. She sought to vacate the dismissal of her suit against Walmart and officers from the Louisiana Police Department under Rule 60 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, arguing the judge did not have jurisdiction on her case because she should have disqualified herself. And Rule 60 addresses the rare circumstances in which a party is entitled to relief from a final judgment based on newly discovered evidence, fraud on the court, or other factors. So in a decision last January, U.S. District Judge Robert Summerhays of Lafayette concluded that Roberts failed to satisfy any of the factors in the test established by the U.S. Supreme Court. That judge said that the plaintiff here could not show that the judge's failure to step aside was unjust to her or that it risked creating injustice to parties in other cases. And public confidence was more likely to be impaired by the rote reversal of a well-reasoned opinion than by allowing the ruling to stand. And so a well-reasoned opinion is something that people want to get from a court, but they also want to get fairness from a court. And so I don't care how well-reasoned your opinion is, If you're handing it down and you look like you're doing something unethical, people tend to miss how well-reasoned your opinion is. The Fifth Circuit adopted that analysis with hardly any discussion, merely concluding that the judge had ably and succinctly applied the law. In that regard, the appellate opinion can hardly be considered important or precedential. But what is significant, say the ethics professors, is that the Fifth Circuit chose to publish an otherwise humdrum decision, that's where the context of the Wall Street Journal bombshell article becomes important. Because one of those professors said he believes the appellate court published the opinion to send a message to any other litigant trying to undo old rulings against them based on recent disclosures about judges holding stock in companies that are appearing before them in litigation. Unless you can show that the conflicted judge was biased or issued an unjust ruling, don't expect your case to be resurrected. And so how do you show the bias other than pointing to the obvious, they own stock in this party that's in front of them? I mean, that should be enough. And obviously, if you point it out before the trial, they'll do, oh yeah, you're right, I'll, I'll recuse myself. And if, you, if they don't, you take that up on appeal. And the Court of Appeals ought to reverse that, you'd think, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. So one of those professors says the court is thinking about costs to the system. Now, he was less declarative about the Fifth Circuit's motive, but said one way to read the court's decision to publish the opinion would be as a warning against Rule 60 motions based merely on a trial judge's failure to recuse because of stock ownership. Now, appellate counsel for Walmart Uh, did not respond to any queries via email asking for comments on this story. Meanwhile, one of the ethics professors told the uh, journalist here, the public's confidence in the judicial system probably wouldn't be undermined if the Fifth Circuit had given Roberts, the plaintiff here, another shot. But that doesn't mean reviving the case would have been the right thing to do. It would serve very little public interest, he said, if there's no reason to think the trial judge's ruling was affected. Well, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. I disagree with that. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The proper thing to do here would be to say, you know something? The judge who heard your case should have disclosed they didn't. You get another shot at the apple. Mixing metaphors on purpose here. And so what they then do is put it in front of a new judge and see if the new judge agrees that the prior judge was correct. And then the new judge can put all their reasons on the record and enter an order and say, here's my order and here's why I ruled this way. Because remember, when you go to court, you're not entitled to win. You're entitled to have a fair hearing to see if you should win. And so if, in fact, this was a weak case, as everyone seems to be saying, if it was a weak case, then let an unbiased judge call it that and dismiss it. But they're not letting them do that. And that's the problem. So I think a lot of people are going to look at this and go, wait. So the court now is saying, apparently, that if you've got a conflict... Feel free to not recuse yourself, because the worst that's going to happen is a court on appeals and go. Eh, you made an unfortunate mistake, but your ruling's still going to stand, and no, no one gets a second shot at the apple on this one. That's crazy. So there are rules. There's all kinds of rules out there, and there've got to be some ramifications for people who break the rules, and. Everything falls apart if we say, oh, there's all these rules and all these laws. But if you break them, nothing happens. We're just going to admonish you. We're going we're to say words about you. We're going to say you made an unfortunate mistake. And by the way, saying that somebody made an unfortunate mistake, uh, that's really kind of light, isn't it? I mean, seriously? Somebody appears in front of you litigating a case and you forgot to disclose that you own stock in one of the parties that's being sued. You forgot to mention that. An unfortunate mistake. It's such a weaselly way of saying that. So the Fifth Circuit screwed up. The trial court screwed up. But the interesting thing is that if the Wall Street Journal hadn't done its big expose on this, chances are nobody would have figured any of this out. But getting back to those original numbers, it was something like 1,100 cases had been heard by 150 federal judges who had a financial stake in the outcome of the case that was in front of them and didn't disclose it. And that is a serious issue, especially when you do the math and realize, oh, some of these judges, just doing the averages, may have had eight or nine cases in front of them. And I bet there were some that had more. Never disclose it. Never. They just kept making those unfortunate mistakes. I, oh. The first time you do it, it might be a mistake. Second time you do it, it's got to be negligence, right? The third time you do it, it starts to look like a scheme or a plan. The eighth or ninth time you do it, I'm starting to wonder about your ethics completely. That's a serious, serious issue. If you had said to me, Steve, we're going to discover that there's a a federal judge who's heard 10 cases in which he's had a financial stake and he's not disclosed that to anybody. What do you think happens? What do you think should happen? I think that judge should get hauled out and impeached. And that is something that can happen to a federal judge. And federal judges have been impeached. That is brought out and said, look, you're breaking the rules and you're doing it so badly that we're going to kick you off the bench. Because remember, federal judges are appointed for life. It's one of the greatest jobs on earth. You're appointed for life. So this is a very serious issue. But again, from Reuters, the headline. Written by Allison Frankel says, justice best served by leaving intact a conflicted judge's ruling, according to the Fifth Circuit. David and Scott, both Senate, thanks a lot. Questions, or comments, put them below. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Guilt, the gift that keeps on giving.